0: podcast between siblings i'm your sister co-host elizabeth connor
1: and i'm your brother co-host thomas dempsey and, and
0: thomas how have things been
1: things have been all right uh enjoying my october had a nice day at a uh what do you call it homecoming yesterday uh, uh the uh, old um, undergrad mm-hmm. so uh yeah, not as many people turned out as I would have liked, but it was still a fun occasion, and uh, also got a kind of a sunburn on the top of my head from attending the ball game. Ah. Uh, so uh, that's not fun. Been putting aloe vera on it. To, okay. It's not like like super bad where it's like peeling or anything like that. It just sort of got r- sort of h- sensitive.
0: Right. At yeah. least you get at least uh, part of your work uniform as a hat.
1: Yeah, that's true, and I probably should have worn a hat, but the only hat I had on hand was my uh, work hat, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, just didn't seem, thats didn't seem, I don't know, didn't want to give him any off-the-clock branding, I guess.
0: Well, maybe you can remedy that because of what happened last night.
1: Oh, and what happened last night?
0: The Braves won the oh, National League yeah. Championship.
1: Nash- National Championship, yeah. I don't have a Braves hat, actually, but I can look into getting one.
0: But, yeah, you should get yeah. one because now they're going to the World Series for the first time in
1: 22 years. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we it's been a good weekend sports-wise, more or less. Uh, Green Bay won today. I guess, I don't think USC won yesterday.
0: No, they did no, no they did they not. Didn't. Did Clemson it win? It wasn't a shutout, but they okay. did not win.
1: That's fine. Did Clemson win?
0: No, Clemson
1: lost. Oh, well, that's then it has been a good week sports weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although
0: um the the Dolphins lost today.
1: Oh, shame. All right. Well, uh that's uh certainly sports uh accounted for, although I feel like uh, our listeners are probably going to be waiting for off season for us to our record schedule to get back on track because odds are if we aren't recording when we normally do there's some game or other interrupting.
0: Yeah, and we had every intention of recording last night, but because of the Braves finally going to the World Series since in for the first time since 1999. Um, oh boy. Like, we stayed up super late so that we could watch, like, the trophy presentation and the locker room champagne celebration and all that good... And, like, some interviews and stuff. Like, we stayed up and watched all that.
1: All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, Anything else been keeping you occupied or away from your books?
0: Um, I guess keeping me occupied, I found this I found this challenge um well I guess okay let me start at the beginning so have you heard of the 75 hard no okay so the 75 hard is basically like a lifestyle habit plan um and and it's called the 75 hard because you're supposed to do it for 75 consecutive days Sure. And it is hard. it is difficult. and the 75 hard, the 75 hard includes you have to do two 45 minute workouts, one okay. indoor, one outdoor. Yeah. You have to drink a gallon of water a day. Wowzers. Um, you have to read a nonfiction book for or nonfiction book or books for 45 minutes every day. Oh, wow. Um, and there's a couple of other things that like you have to do every single day. I think okay. one of them's get up at five a.m. Yeah, I was a- Um. So anyway, it's like, and it's so it's called the seventy-five hard for a reason.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Well, on the flip side of that, uh, I am on. You know, I've talked about TikTok a good bit on, this on the show. Mm-hmm. Um. So I came across uh this girl's TikTok, and she does. She decided to do her own spin of that to get um, to kind of focus on like improving mental health. Yes. So she calls it the seventy-five back to basics. Okay. And she's divided it up into four phases. So currently we're in phase one. Sure. Um, it all this all started last Sunday. Yes. And the four tasks that you are supposed to accomplish. In phase one, are if you take medicine, you take your medicine every single day. Yeah. You brush your teeth at least once a day. Right. Um, you take a minimum of three showers a week. Okay. And you complete laundry once a week. So, and that one I was like a little iffy on. Like I didn't know if she was talking about, you know, you do like enough laundry to get you through the through the week and you just do that once during the week. Or if like you do a load of laundry or you do all of the laundry. So anyway, I took it to mean like you do one load of laundry during the week. So, um, so anyway, I, I was like, well, you know what? This sounds like a lot, like really gentle. And so I've, I've been doing the 75 back to basics.
1: Okay. That sounds good. I'm glad I'm kind of glad you didn't go for The 75 Hard cuz the thought of you reading that much with the way things are as is I just uh really set me on the back foot.
0: Well, the um I don't know. Like the the 75 Hard, it I don't know 100% what it's about. I just know it's I just know it's hard. Oh sure,
1: yeah, and it's seventy five.
0: And it's set. You have to do it for seventy five consecutive days.
1: Yeah. Well, as far as challenges go, I've been having a, a bit more of a fun one on my end. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, a couple weeks back, I picked up this new video game called Metroid Dread, and uh, it's been sort of the the current hotness as far as video games are concerned. It's if you're familiar with the Metroid. Franchise. It's basically characterized as an action exploration game, where you're set on this alien world and you have to trek around, finding abilities and tools that will allow you to explore other areas, and then accomplish goals and what have you. And uh, mm-hmm. my first time through the game, I managed to beat it in about eight hours, so that's mm-hmm. a fairly good length for that kind of game. Uh, and then, like, did a hundred percent. Uh, run through that uh, shot that up to about 10 but the real replay value for a game like this comes in the speed run mechanics Mm -hmm. because uh, there are like certain um, conditions in the game that if you meet them you unlock various uh, win states and what have you so the faster you can beat the game the more of those you unlock and uh so I set about doing that, and there's two modes you can play in, uh, normal and hard. And uh, my current normal speedrun record is 2 hours and 52 minutes. So that's just like going direct beeline every like key aspect you have to do to beat the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure there's like plenty of ways you can shave that down too because there's a lot of like alternate paths and secrets you can unlock and that's not even getting into like people who have been able to cheese the programming or the physics of the game to like uh, glitch through various portions of it Mm -hmm. whereas mine is fairly standard like just playing as intended but uh, yeah when you were calling me before I uh, didn't answer A, because I'd accidentally turned the ringer off and not turned it back on and B, because I was in the middle of working on one of my speed runs uh, on harder difficulty so I had to wait to get to a sort of a predisposed checkpoint before I could log out of that Mm -hmm. but uh, even so, I've probably beaten that game about three or four times in the past two weeks just because it's such a like in addition to just like finding out what the game has to do it's just sort of one of those m- mechanically satisfying games to play where just the act mm-hmm. of controlling your character and running around in the world is really satisfying yeah so i could definitely see this being one i return to fairly regularly in the future
0: okay Yep.
1: Yeah. but uh yeah that's the other big thing i guess apart from um uh, just hitting the books and uh, I've got my books to talk about this week but before we do that did you want to tell the people at home what you've been reading
0: yeah Um, so so in the since our last episode I've read seven books right um I've read you know I've kind of talked about that like multi-generational romance series for the last couple episodes. Um, I've read two more books in that series, and now I am caught up. Okay. So I know she's got at least one more book coming out in the series, and it's not going to be released until November. All right. Um, So So yeah, so I read two more books in the... Wild Mountain Scots series by Jolie Vines. Sure. And I'm just waiting on the next one. Yes. Um I read a high school romance novel, which was super cute. Okay. Um, it's called Curvy Girls. It's it's called it well the if you look at the cover, the cover says Curvy Girls can't date quarterbacks and then the word can't is crossed out. Yes. And, um,
1: Wait, so it's just so, curvy girls date quarterbacks.
0: So basically it's curvy girls date quarterbacks, but okay. the can't is crossed out. Yeah. So anyway, and it's a book about, um, well, first of all, I super related to it. I super related to the main character. And it is part of a series. It's part of the Curvy Girl Club series um, by Kelsey Stelt, Stelting. Well. Stelting. Yeah, the Curvy Girl Club. The Curvy Girl Club series by Kelsey Stelting. There we go. And um, so the main character is a girl named Rory, short for Aurora. And she is, you know, she's a bigger girl. She's a plus-sized girl. Okay. And um, the the book opens up with her having to with like her coming down to the dining room for breakfast before school and, like, giving her mom a pregnancy test. And she's like, Mom, I don't know. Like, I'm a virgin. I've never, you know, I've never done spicy activities. Um, I don't know why you're making me take a pregnancy test. And her mom's like, well, you haven't had, you know, your cycle in three months. And I just want to make sure, that, you know, that you I don't know, made a made a choice. So anyway... Uh so in the also in the first chapter after that you know super embarrassing scene she has to go to the doctor and her doctor diagnose and her doctor who's like you know done all this lab work and stuff he has diagnosed her with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. Which I also happen to have. Okay. And um so she is just really struggling because she's like okay well cuz a part of having PCOS is you are prone to be insulin resistant and your hormones are all out of whack and the insulin resistance part can cause you to have issues with your weight okay um so basically she you know she gets this diagnosis she's like a senior in high school she's like super bummed out and and she's just kind of stressed out about the whole thing and then uh the mean girl in her class is trash talking bigger kids like, you know, like fat girls can't do this and, and they just need to stop whining about being fat and blaming their problems on whatever and they just need to eat a salad instead of a cheeseburger. So like Rory has had enough. She stands up. She's like, I'm not gonna listen to this. You're being ridiculous. Bigger girls are just as deserving of love as anybody else is. And so the main girl... um, Challenges her to a bet. And the bet is for Rory to get the star quarterback of the football team to fall in love with her by homecoming. Uh-huh. And from there, adventures and misadventures ensue.
1: Okay. And that was, uh, is, and you say that's part of a series. Is that the first book in the series or did you just sort of that jump in? That is
0: the first book in the series. And so um, just like all romance Novels are all, yeah, all romance novels. Um, the grouping, I guess, that you're going to like read about the love stories of each character. Um, it's a group of five girls and they are all plus sized and they all kind of team up to help Rory get her man. Okay. And in the process, they all become like really good friends. Um, and so. Then you kind of, and so then the, the following books, you just follow, each book is about a different friend in the, in the friend circle. Okay. Um, so that was that one. And I'm going to stop for just a second because there's another book or there's two more books that I really, really want to talk about, but I want to see if you have anything to talk about before I just get into it.
1: Oh, no, I only had the two books I read for my challenge this week. I was thinking right, I was cool. going to have another one, but uh, it sort of fell on the back burner as I was uh, working to get those other two wrapped up, so mm-hmm. I'll have more to say on it by the next episode, probably.
0: Okay. Um, Alright, cool. So, I'm going to talk about two more books. I, I read, like, three other books, but... One of them was just kind of like, meh, and and I, it's not worth mentioning. Sure. Um. So the other book that I, I really, really liked uh, is called Fangirling Over You by C.M. Cars, and that's Cars with a K. Okay. Uh, and it is the first book in the Fangirl Chronicles. Okay. Now I feel like I've seen a few um, series
1: with the Fangirl branding. Um, is, is this like uh, part of a broader series, or is this sort of in the same vein as the other like romance series.
0: Yeah, this one's kind of in the same vein as the other romance. Um this one focuses on the like this series each book is dedicated to one of three girls in a friend group who were like former roommates. Okay. Um so the first girl or so the first book uh fangirling over you. Oh my gosh, what is this girl's name? It begins with an A. Is it Alex?
1: Alright, I'm going to fill the air just so I'd have less stuff to edit. That's fine. Okay. Are you looking it up online? or?
0: I am. I'm looking it up.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've got a... I guess I'm... That's always a thing, trying to remember names from books. Uh, especially and to be
0: honest when you read as many like romance novels that have like similar tropes and you know kind of a similar formula yeah like the names just run together
1: okay yeah and uh yeah
0: I went to go type in uh the name of the book and I accidentally typed in fangs like for a vampire
1: oh sure what you know, was the name of the like book? Fangirls. Fangirls. So you typed in Fang and then yeah. Oh man, how is that not a thing? Fangirls.
0: Fangirls,
1: yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know, like a vampire that's into Star Trek or what have you.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so the girl's name is Arya.
1: Ah. Uh, wasn't that... And... Didn't you say there was a a girl in one of those other books that had a name that sounds real, a lot like that? The girl... Now, the girl in
0: the last book, in the in the book I just talked about, um, like the high school romance, her name was Rory, but it was short for Aurora.
1: Aurora. Okay, yeah. You weren't kidding about them names then.
0: And I've actually read a couple of books where the, the female character's name is Aurora or is a nickname based on Aurora. Okay. Um... So with this book, fangirling over you, uh, the the main character's name is Arya, and she is, she is part of a fandom. Yes. Um, and and there is this there is this show, and it's called Leviathan, and it takes place in space. Um, okay. And it's very much like like to read it to me. It feels very much like uh like a Firefly. Like a more serious Firefly type situation.
1: Okay. Maybe like The Expanse?
0: Yeah.
1: Are you familiar with that um, series so, at all? Huh? Are you familiar with The Expanse?
0: I'm not. Okay. No. It's it's
1: basically like Life in Deep Space. There's an Amazon series being adapted out of it. But it's oh, okay. got like seven or eight volumes out at this point. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um... So, Arya is a fan of the show, and, like, she is, like, seriously, emotionally invested in it, and she does all the fandom, you know, all the fangirl things that you do. She's got, like, tons of merch. She's got cute clothes. She's got cute accessories based on the show. Like, she does all the fandom things you do. Right. Well, she is a super big fangirl of um, the lead character. Okay. In the show, his name is Chris Sander. Right. Chrisander Gage.
1: Sure.
0: And he is played by the actor, and his name is Aiden. Okay. So, the book opens with her going to Comic-Con.
1: Yes. Oh, those are the days.
0: Yeah. So, she, the book opens with her going to Comic-Con, and she has paid a buttload of money so that she can meet Chrisander and get a picture with him. Okay. And, well, Crissander's really Aiden. But anyway, she is very cerebral. Like, she's got so many thoughts going on in her head that, like, it makes her a very awkward person. Okay. Because she is thinking faster than her body can react to her thoughts. Ah. And the author does a fantastic job of, like, making that come across. Okay. Um, so anyway, she like, she builds up, you know, meeting him in her brain. She like builds it up, builds it up, builds it up. And then she kind of gets up there and like, she kind of realizes, well, I'm going to get like all of 30 to 60 seconds with him. I paid all this money for it. So then she's like kind of disappointed. Yes. Cause she's built it up in her head and it didn't, it's not that it didn't meet her expectations, but that in that moment, like she kind of realizes the insignificance of the moment in the grand scheme of things. Yes. Well, then Aiden, who she just went and had her picture with, tracks her down.
1: Yikes.
0: And, like, has lunch with her and asks her out on a date and things go from there. And what made me love this book so much was basically what I just said, is this girl is so in her head about things. Okay. That she comes across as very awkward because she can't. She doesn't, she can't figure out how to like physically respond to the thoughts in her brain. Right. Because they're going, because they're all happening so fast. Sure. So that was that one.
1: Okay. And is that part, and you say that's part of a series as well?
0: That's part of the Fangirl Chronicles. Okay. And the author of that series is C.M. Cars, and that's cars with a K.
1: Right. And is that the only one of those you read? It is. Okay. That's surprising. Um
0: So the last one I wanted to talk about. Yes. If I could give it like six out of five star, if I could give it 10 out of five stars, oh boy. I would like chef's kiss. So good. Um, And I didn't realize this was part of a series and I made the mistake. Well, I'm not going to say it was a mistake because I don't think reading this book was a mistake, oh. but, uh, this book was like actually number eight okay. in a series
1: well, that's fine, and
0: I had no idea.
1: That's usually a good indication, then. If you can read um, it without context, sure.
0: So, this is So this book is called the is called Stolen Mayfly Bride, and oh. it's by Sarah K. L. Wilson. Okay. And it is from, and it is book eight of the Stolen Brides of the Fae series. Okay. Um. So in this series so this book is about uh an elf man or not a fae man I guess a fae man and then a a mortal woman um but the woman is like she's been made into an oracle so her her life will be is is like vastly prolonged because she is only really like in the world or like in our reality as we know it for one day every year and that's on May Day. Yeah. And then she is returned to the sea where she stays until the next year. Okay. And um and basically it's about it's about it's just about the love story between the two, about the love story between this this fae man and this this oracle woman and the what I love about the story is that it reads like it reads like an oral narrative. Yes. Um, but with like slightly more background details. Like I could imagine listening... Like at, do you remember in elementary school, like professional storytellers would come to the school yeah, and sure. they would tell stories? Yeah. This book reminded me of that, but with more details. Okay. Like the writing was fantastic. The way that it was paced was fantastic. This book was the is like the shortest book I've read since we started this show because uh-huh. it was like fifteen thousand words. Okay. And but it but it had such substance.
1: Well, that's good.
0: So I, I can't recommend it enough.
1: All right. Well, I'm glad to hear it.
0: And that's going to make me done.
1: Okay. Well, that's all your reading done then, and I'll be more than happy to talk about mine, but before we get around to that, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be on to talk reading challenge. All right, sounds good. And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. We all just got done talking about Elizabeth's reading for the past couple weeks. And now we're going to be getting into my reading challenge for this episode. Uh, Elizabeth, do you want to remind everybody what my reading challenge was?
0: So, Thomas's reading challenge for this episode, he was to choose two books published uh, prior to 1950 and read them.
1: Right. And, and it
0: could be fiction, and, and basically it could be fiction or whatever, but yes. they just had to be published before 1950.
1: All right, now... You said you wanted to sc- sign this challenge to me in order to spur yourself to read more, like, in that vein. Uh, yes. Was there anything you got around to reading, like, in the last couple weeks that fell within those parameters? Or?
0: Nope. I'm just waiting on you to give me... To re- I'm just waiting on yours. I'm waiting to hear what you read so that I know what to read.
1: Okay. Well, I'll <clears throat> talk about that then. Uh, I read two books as the challenge dictated. Uh, They were both books that I'd recently acquired and that I'd been uh, looking forward to getting into. The first one was called uh, Fathers and Sons by Ivan Turgenev. It was published in 1860 and uh, as you can guess from his name, Turgenev is a Russian author and his book is set in that day and age. Uh, It's about these two college-aged men returning home for the first time in several years. One of them is the son of a wealthy landowner, and the other is the son of a uh, somewhat less wealthy landowner, you get the impression. But, mm-hmm. uh, obviously this deals in, like, the economics and politics of, like, 19th century Russia. So there's a lot of stuff that you might not necessarily be, like, clued into, like, what exactly the role of these people in their community is and they seem like kind of a cross between like sheriffs and landlords which obviously is like nightmarish but at the same time it's like these sort of disconnected aristocrats basically Mm -hmm. and that's uh, a point of uh, conflict for the story because of the two men one is uh, like this very sort of cynical uh, new school of thought kind of guy who's uh mm-hmm. very much in line with like older understandings of uh i guess what would nowadays be known as postmodernism, like the mm-hmm. in, like the interrogating of uh, institutions and what have you but at the time mm-hmm. was like more broadly sketched as being a nihilist and uh he's sort of influencing his like younger like, friend who, uh, belongs to the wealthier of the families. Mm -hmm. And, um, so they come home for a visit. They visit the wealthier family first. And that consists basically of just two men, uh, two older, like, aristocrats, one of whom is the boy's father and the other is his uncle. And the boy's father has impregnated and is... Uh, conducting an affair with uh, one of the maids at his estate. And another point in the story is whether or not the father will uh, um, wed, basically. Like, make their relationship uh, official. Mm -hmm. And so then there's uh, like some conflict between the uncle and the young nihilist guy who he like comes into uh, comes to blows with several times of the course of the book, most climactically near the end. And mm-hmm. uh, there's also like a sort of a sub plot about his potential unrequited love for his brother's uh, mistress. Mm-hmm. So that's all that goes on at that place. And then after they spend some time there, the two men go off to visit the other guy's home. And on their way, they become uh, entangled with this sort of wealthy uh, widower, or widow, rather. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, um, like, both of them sort of, like, develop feelings for her, but the more uh, naive of the two, I think, feels like he's getting shunted off onto the younger sister of this uh, widow. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, over the course of the back half of the book the two of them develop actual feelings for each other whereas the cynical one pursues the widow more sincerely and like winds up the worst for it and so that uh portion of the book passes and then they finally arrive at the uh cynic's uh estate where his family are just over the moon about him they have all the uh respect and uh like, belief in the boy's future that parents can have, and, uh, obviously, the, he's just, like, not really feeling it, but, um, it, it's interesting the way the book develops, because you have all these establishment, establishing segments, and then, like, the last 30-40% of the book is just them, again, like, bouncing back around to all these places they've been before, and, mm-hmm. uh, it feels a lot more dynamic and like the culmination of everything that's come before it. So I really enjoyed, I especially enjoyed the latter half of the book uh, with, Mm -hmm. with regards to like all these relationships and uh, setups being paid off. But Mm -hmm. uh, in general, like I just find that era of Russian literature to be pretty interesting. I uh, read that, George Saunders' book earlier in the year that was like a collection of lectures on Russian short stories. And Mm -hmm. Turgenev, I think, was one of the authors covered in that book. Uh, Although I may be wrong. So I was interested to experience something of his that was more long form.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that was uh, a part of a trio of WordPress... uh, publications of Russian literature that I bought recently at uh, M. Judson's in Greenville Mm -hmm. and uh, I've got another one by Dostoyevsky and another by Pushkin that I might be looking to get into later but yeah that's just an era of literature that I think is widely hailed and influential that I'd just like to get more into and obviously I'm still working my way through uh, uh Anna, Anna Karenina Kerenina. yeah I've got about uh, 30 or so chapters left in it but those are fairly brisk chapters so uh, mm-hmm. I don't see any like impediment to finishing it before the year is out
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that was the the first book and I quite enjoyed that but I liked the second one even more and it was uh, Arsene All right, Lu- Well, what? I'm going gonna, I'm
0: gonna to interrupt you super quick could you say the title of the first book one more time
1: Uh, First book was Fathers and Sons by Ivan Turgenev. Okay. Okay. You may continue. And uh, the second book, which I enjoyed even more, was uh, by Maurice LeBlanc. And it was, technically speaking, an anthology of short stories rather than a uh, collected work. This was, um, I think, one of the first times that these stories have been collected in English. Uh, mm-hmm. and they are technically speaking derived from several different collections of short stories from across the guy's career but considering okay. he passed away in like 1942 I want to say there was never any like fret of anything he wrote like breaking the the cutoff date for the challenge the title of the book it's from Penguin Classics it's called Arsene Lupin Gentleman Thief and if you're familiar with Lupin, either from the uh, recent Netflix series or the long-running Japanese cartoon, uh, he's basically the prototypical gentleman thief. He's like this sort of aristocratic guy who's got like like a knack for disguises and false identities and he just traipses around France and uh, Europe, basically, and cozies up to all these rich people and uh, steals their stuff. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the... There's an interesting uh, continuity that flows between the stories. So the first three stories in this collection uh, focus on Lupin like traveling with this woman and uh, basically their relationship being cut short by him getting captured by the police. And that was the very okay. first... Uh, Lupin story that was ever published so at the um, encouragement of his editors uh, Maurice LeBlanc uh, spun the next several stories off of that so the second story after getting arrested uh, details Arsene Lupin conducting a burglary from inside a prison cell and the third story after that details his escape his avoidance of his trial and his escape from prison oh so, yeah and then uh, then of course everything else that you read about happens after that it's no it's no spoiler to say that he gets out of jail because that's like the first three books and this isn't like one of those um, you don't get the impression that this is like a uh, Sherlock's Holmes sort of thing where the stories can be coming from Different points in his life Yeah Although that is uh, Certainly a worthy Comparison because In addition to being influenced by Sherlock's stories uh, In the early goings And There is a story in this collection Where Arsene Lupin Meets Sherlock Holmes Look at that uh, Crossover yeah, and apparently there's like several stories where the two characters play into it. Although I think um, in various times, depending on like the litigiousness of the uh, rights holders, um, mm-hmm. the character of Sherlock Holmes has had to be renamed. But then okay. for this collection, I think because enough time has passed, they were able to just call him Sherlock Holmes again. Okay. Although that's an interesting uh fact thing because you would presume that Sherlock Holmes has long since entered the public domain. Mhm. Certainly where writing is concerned, but I think that with the recent developments where like the Sherlock BBC series and the uh, Sherlock Holmes uh serialized procedural are concerned. Yeah. that there's a, a renewed interest in like like uh, like a, acquiring and holding on to those rights so for instance um there's this nintendo switch game that came out recently in the uh ace attorney franchise which is like this Mm -hmm. series of adventure games where you play a lawyer and uh are conducting criminal investigations and salt and like uh participating in criminal trials Mm -hmm. and the latest volume uh, the latest iteration of that franchise to be released for the Switch, was. Set in nineteen twenties, it involves oh, your. Okay. It involves your Japanese lawyer character traveling to um, Victorian England, and mm-hmm. uh, I I think it's the eight the nineteen twenties. It might it may be earlier, but in any rate. You're in Victorian England, and uh, your character has a run-in with Herlock Sholmes.
0: Hmm. <laughs>
1: Which apparently, which sounds goofy, but apparently was one of the actual, like, alternate names writers would use when they wanted to include Sherlock Holmes in a story, but didn't want to have to, like, pay anybody like, to do with it. deal copyright? And apparently that was enough to get around it. So... Okay. Yeah. But at any rate, yeah, uh, Mars Arsene Lupin is a uh, really good collection of stories. Uh, I think over the course of the character's life, he sort of went from being... Less like an out and out like criminal and more like like a less homicidal Dexter where like okay. he would still like commit burglaries and stuff. But a lot of his a lot of the focus of the stories was on him like outsmarting even more villainous criminals, basically.
0: So is he would you would you describe him as an antihero? Yeah,
1: he's definitely that. And uh, there there's this like ladder arc in the collection of stories that apparently all came from the same book, wherein he befriends, like, a young heiress and, uh, under a, um, presumed identity. And, like, after freeing her from, like, a less-than-ideal sort of situation, invites her to come along on a series of adventures with him. So Mm -hmm. that very much seems like the kind of Holmes and Watson dynamic that, uh, a lot of, um those stories we're having but with like an added sort of romantic layer to it okay yeah so i'd definitely recommend those and uh, if you could find any other collections of his stories i'd be interested in seeking them out because again this is more of a sampling rather than anything comprehensive okay but yeah that was the uh, Arsène lupin gentleman thief collection by maurice leblanc from penguin classics and those were the two books I read for this uh, this uh, episode.
0: Alright, sounds good. Yeah,
1: so now we want to get into word counts? Yeah. Alright, well I'll go first. Uh, the Lupin Collection came in at 108,680 words. And Fathers and Sons came in at 79,497. So that brings my word total up to... 3,536,695. Alrighty.
0: righty. Um, so in the interim since our last episode, I've read seven books for a total of 456,972 words, yep. um, which brings my word total up to uh, 7,883,146. Okay.
1: That sounds good. And uh, now that we've Reached I think the end of this episode. Do you wanna tell me and the listeners what my next reading challenge is?
0: Uh yes, but before I do that, you have to choose heads or tails.
1: Okay, uh tails.
0: Okay. All right, so you chose tails. Um, so I did a coin flip because I had two perspective challenges for you. Um One I'd been thinking about for a little bit, and then one in honor of our Braves going to the World Series. But, so that's why I had you pick a side of a coin. Okay. And then I flipped it. So you chose Tales, and so what you will be doing uh, for your challenge, you will be reading 10 children's books.
1: Okay. Uh, how, how, define children's books.
0: Um, not a chapter book.
1: Oh. Still pretty vague. Uh
0: So, what I mean when I say a children's book is basically, uh, I would say not like baby books, like, don't, don't do baby books, but I would say, um, like when you are, like when you go to a bookstore and you go to the children's section, you kind of have like the whole like picture book. Yes. Section. And then it and then it gradually turns into like middle readers, uh, which are basically like very short chapter books. Yes. So when I say a so when I say children's book, I actually mean like a story book or like B.J. Novak's like a book without pictures. Okay. So, you're gonna read ten of them. All right. They can be whatever they can be about whatever you want them to be about. Sure. And you will get 100,000 words each.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Alright.
0: Would you rather have the other challenge? Let's hear it. The other challenge is you have to read a book about baseball.
1: Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'm fine doing the kids book challenge for the show. It honestly sounds like the more interesting thing to talk about. But uh-huh. I'll 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 be up front with you. A hundred thousand words just feels like pity.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be a hundred. It
1: can. I mean, we could we the, could make it ten. Yeah, ten's fine. Ten thousand per word. Okay. And then that'll so
0: ten thousand ten thousand words per children's book.
1: Sure. Okay. Which
0: will give you a hundred thousand words. Yeah.
1: I'm fine with that. Okay. Yep. Alrighty. Well that's my challenge to work on and uh, I'll be getting to it and you still have your challenge working to work towards you have any trouble getting the yes, books for I... that
0: No um well I've purchased one and I just haven't purchased the other one yet but I've got
1: one of them Have you checked your library form
0: No I haven't because
1: I not should yet. think that they'd be I'm
0: so used to I'm so used to like not going to the library that now I forget about it
1: Yeah I should think that they'd be Fairly well available, depending on the branch, so might be worth okay. looking into.
0: But I've already purchased the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Okay,
1: all right. Well, that's it was fun. like
0: on a really good special on like Kindle. Okay, so
1: well, that's cool. Alrighty, well, uh, you want to tell the listeners where they can find us?
0: Yeah. So um, for social media, you can find us in a lot of places. You can find us on Facebook. On Twitter, on Instagram, on the Literal Club, and on TikTok at Your Words Podcast. You can also find us at our website at YourWordsPodcast.com, and you can reach out to us by emailing us at YourWordsPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Oh, that is comprehensive. All right. Well, that's another ep- episode in the books, and uh, look forward again to seeing you again.
0: And thank you.
1: And, uh, gonna try something here. Okay. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye.